Welcome back to the Friday Form Panel with Jason Bonington and Dan Malecki. Might have to get that sorted in a minute. Anyway, um, I did wake up this morning and I came in here and it's my favourite time of the week. Because right now, Dan Malecki, when we do the Friday form panel, welcome to you. Um, this is the exciting time. This is all about anticipation. We haven't lost any money yet, so <laughs> we can be excited about the prospect that it might go the other way tomorrow night at Melton. How are you this Friday? <laughs> I'm uh, not too bad. Thank you, uh, Jason. Good morning to everyone. Yes, we'll be uh, hunting for as many winners as we can and... Uh, We'll be uh, a gathering the collects at the end of the night as we, indeed, Jason Bonington and, and I, search for the holy grail of winners at Milton. Yes, and uh, hopefully we can find them. It does look on face value, potentially, maybe, to be a night where there are some cheap kills, which there haven't been recently, but I'm not sure that, uh, I'm not sure that I should say that. But uh, we've got a brand new segment later, by the way, called Multiculture. Because we've got to get one of these multis. It's a new one every week. It's been very hard. It's been very hard to get the multis up. But this might be, uh, I reckon there's maybe two, three, two or three out of the nine races maybe that look fairly fundamental in terms of a, a short price winner if you do want to play those lean moldies into the footy or something like that. Are you with me or are you thinking, are you a little bit scarred from recent weeks and just looking back and saying, look, just calm down, J-Bomb, uh, <laughs> nothing's immoral until they run the race? Well, after the result in the footy last week, I don't know if I'd be including the footy. If you were, you'd be going to, for the rank outsiders. Um, that was a bit of a blowout. In fact, it would have been far harder trying to tip a few winners at the footy than it was at the trots last week. I reckon we stick at the trots. <laughs> I don't, I don't I, honestly, I, and I know that people love it and I get it. I totally get it because uh, for a lot of young people, it, um, it helps them enjoy the game to have a couple of bets. I can't, I really can't bet on the footy. I will, I won't say I've never done it. I have done it, of course. I've had the silly bets for first goal and everything. But to be honest, I don't understand how people, it's hard enough doing form on races. I don't know how you do form on, on games of footy where there's, 22 players out there, injuries can happen, anything can happen, conditions can change. And there's experts on this, did you know, Dan, who, who, apparently, who apparently can work out these games. But I can tell you one thing, I'm not one of them. Mm, no, I'm not one of them. And uh, if the stewards uh, in harness racing or any of the codes uh, were applicable to football, they would have a lot of, lot of headaches and there'd be far more inquiries. I'm not saying anything's going, you know, any skullduggery, but... Uh, uh, the please explains for form turnarounds. Um, that'd be going to pass midnight, I reckon, every week. <laughs> Query poor performance. Um, <laughs> scoped. Every player scoped after. Stood the, down. Stood what down. would happen then? They all trialling on the Monday. <laughs> stood down vets. Well, I suppose that's when they go to training, isn't it? Um, let's get stuck in. Sulky.app, future of form. Uh, Vic Bread Pace, Bronte Newenberg, one half of the Newenberg Sulky app team. Join us for burning questions. Uh, yesterday, and she was terrific. We didn't talk about this race. I did mention, I think in the form comment, I compared um, skydiving off a hot air balloon blindfolded or bungee jumping in a third world country with a freight rope between Sweet Passion and Beach Memories here. Maybe I'm being a bit harsh on Sweet Passion, but I've got to say, Dan, even though he won last week, I think a lot of the things you said in the Friday form panel uh, last week, seven days ago, still applied. So, it was a really good win. Chase hit the front, but I still think there were signs when Tiger Bandwagon, who'd had a harder run after running the gate, fought back at him that Sweet Passion was ready ready to potentially wave the white flag. And if he's in front tonight, I, I don't know, or tomorrow night, I should say, I'm not sure that's the best place for him to be. And Beach Memories, I think, is the best horse in the race, but we know what she's like. She's got any amount of ability, but um, there's every chance she'll, turn, a chance she'll turn and run the other way at the start. So... Which poison do we pick here? Or do we say maybe Tiger Bandwagon's going to get that beautiful run in behind Sweet Passion, and if he wants one to run past him, well, Tiger Bandwagon's going to be in the spot. Yeah. Oh, look, he makes some really good points. There are horses there that you don't really want to back. I mean, if you don't follow the trots and you see Sweet Passion's form and the fact that it's drawn well, you think it may well be the one. Um, if you've seen Beach Memories run before and the horses that she's run against, you think that she might be the one. But... Um, 
considering, I'll tell you the horse that's value again is Art Chester, considering he's been winning races at Melton uh, at the 750, largely forgotten about a bit. Um, but Tiger Bandwagon was good last week, so I thought he had the gate speed. Sweet Passion at times can run the gate, and then, then not. I, just last week, Matt Craven made a reference to getting the front too soon. When you look at Hamilton, it loomed up, hit the front, didn't finish it off. And even last week, while it kept its head in front, it didn't want to pull away. It should have, and that's probably why it didn't look overly impressive going about its work. But maybe it's a better chaser and better following and just has a short burst of speed as it gets up in class. Um, And with that in mind, in front wouldn't be the place to be unless it, 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 it... well, I don't think you could head off Tiger Bandwagon on what we saw last week anyway. Um, but Batman Barry's the other one that can fly across two from the wider gate. So there could be really good uh, tempo here, which would probably sweet, uh, suit Sweet Passion. And and I don't know if that would work in the favour of Beach Memories either. Her, her run would look was terrific first up, but she always vulnerable, um, well behind in the score up. She virtually runs the 2,000 metre race at speed before they let the, the field go over the shorter trip. So... Um, I I was initially thinking Tiger Bandwagon, Jason, because yeah. A, he might lead, but if Batman Barry come across and headed him off, and at least he would still have the run of the race. So he might be the one for me. I've tipped one, Tiger Bandwagon, five Art Jester, because he's largely underestimated. I'll put Sweet Passion in because I think now that he's shown that even if he's two lengths off his best, he's still very competitive in this company. And, and look, he beat this company last week, to be fair. Uh, Batman Barry was the other one um, that I've, I've won five two seven. I, I mentioned Zubri caught the eye again last week. He's going really well. He could be three back to pegs, and that might be a good spot for him to finish top four. And and beats memories. I, I might be uh, harsh here, but you know, I, every time I, I see her, she's chasing from a long way back. She's going to have to work hard. She might be good enough to win, and she'll probably be fitter and all that sort of stuff. But again, she's in the mix, but I haven't got her in my numbers. I've got to say, uh, with everything you've just said, even about um, even about uh, a Tiger bandwagon potentially wanting to kick up and hold the front, because that was definitely the plan. I even got the text from Jimmy Herbertson uh, last week after I wrote in the Herald Sun. There's to be an element of surprise. Somebody springs a surprise. It might be Jimmy Herbertson wanting to lead with Tiger bandwagon. And he said, well, you've blown the, my cover now. And they did try and lead. I reckon particularly the... So the pump-up you gave for Zubri last week... And the run that followed, Zubri was virtually the run of the race, um, or as good as anything in the race at least, at very least. And here we're looking at, oh, I'm just looking from a price perspective now. So my tips are 11 to 1 and 8. But I'm thinking Zubri uh, behind the leader. What? Give, give me the likelihood that Zubri's behind the leader compared to three poles out of, out of 100% then. Um, well, I'm thinking Batman Barry's the intriguing runner. If they press the button there, I th- well, he, he could make an interesting with Tiger Bandwagon and it might even open up a spot where either Sweet Passion or Batman Barry could drop in. So I'm still looking at Zubri uh, being three back along the pegs. If he's closer, terrific. But three back of the pe- on the pegs, the way he found the line last week, he's still a, uh, uh, an outside winning shot chance, but a very strong chance to run... Uh, top three, particularly if it's one of those races where they go hard early and they just steady up a little bit. Beach Memories goes around them, has to work, depending on how hard she has to get around there because I'm sure that's what they're going to look to do. And then they quicken up with the last 400 metres. It's going to suit the peg line horses. So Zubri, um, a dollar a win, $4 a place bet if you're on him. He's definitely going better, isn't he? As a 10-year-old, and you could see that desire in the Yarra Valley and Shepparton wins. He's run last week. He he was just, um, he was a bit stiff. I think it probably even surprised uh, Chris Alford that he finished off as well as he did. And that was from a bad gate. So uh, here it's not a great gate, but surely it's a, it's a ground-saving um, barrier. And, um, yeah, for a horse that was put in such a slashing run last week, $16, and what is he, a place? $3. $3.60 looks reasonably attractive, doesn't it? Well, it does. Look, I'm going 11 2 one and 8 but my bet in the race, and I didn't, yeah, one by four, or even if you want to, look, the two favourites here are $3.20 each of two, and you're getting a better price about Zubri to run a place than you are about either of the favourites to win, even Tiger Bandwagon. I think there's a better chance that Zubri runs a place 
than Sweet Passion at Beach Memories or Tiger Bandwagon winning yeah. the race, to be honest. So that's my bet in the race, straight out of the place, I think, or one by four, as D-Mills has outlined. 11, 2, 1 and 8. The Friday form panel is underway. We're one race down, eight races to go. When we return, we'll have a look at the first square gutting race of the night. And I'm going to give a little dissertation here on why I think this is going to be a very strong betting affair. Back soon. More Friday form panel here on Trot's Life on a Friday on SEN Track. Welcome back to the Friday Form Panel with Jason Bonington and Dan Malecki. Great fun music with the great Ollie Landos at the back there. He's at the back or at the front? He's somewhere. He's on the veranda. He's somewhere. He's somewhere early. He's playing the music. Welcome back to the Friday Form Panel. We're one race down. Now, my little um, my little dissertation here on the second race, I'm a big believer. Once upon a time, um, then the low-hanging fruit was thoroughbred racing for harness racing. So people got their introduction to punting out of uh, thoroughbred racing, generally speaking, and then, and then, you know, unless they were harness racing fans or greyhound fans, and then you moved them through. We spoke about it earlier, but... Most people get their introduction to punting. Most young punters these days, over the age of 18, of course, gamble responsibly, um, start their, their wagering journey through sport. And sport is generally a, um, a three-outcome situation where a team or a player wins, the other one wins or they draw. And this is the kind of race I think they'll love because they will look at it and say, well, I don't have to worry about... Anything from uh, Everybody's Avenger, Mercenary, Coo Cullen, uh, Cliverly Hotspur, Royal Charlotte, Medina Sky, Bo Garcon. I've got three options here. The drawer is Egret, and the other two contestants here are RC Phoenix and Revelstoke. And it's very much like a, a footy head-to-head market where one team's $1.65 and, a dollar, and the other team's $3.60. Only you're getting a better price because it's not a head-to-head contest. But anyway, that's enough from me. Uh, I think RC Phoenix will balance up here find the front and probably win. But it'll be interesting, won't it? Because there is some speed drawn inside of RC Phoenix and they're all going to be jostling for the position to try and be behind him in transit. Yeah, good analogy. I like that one, actually. It's, um, it does make sense. And even the market, not dissimilar. Um, I, I agree with you. I think RC Phoenix, the fact that A, he's come back uh, a little bit more mature, much sharper, um, very impressive. But he's got that race fitness. Now, Revelstoke Egret come from a camp that they'll be right up on the mark, but they can have improvement in them. They don't have to be 100% to, A, win this race, but also be at their top uh, so early on in their prep. And RC Phoenix, this is where barrier seven is an advantage, okay? This is where it needs to be used up and to use it as an advantage. Because if you go back from seven, you may as well have drawn eleven. So with a horse that's race fit, RC Phoenix has got the advantage to be able to press its way forward on the strength of its two wins from a spell. A, it's got its stable mate there who's one of the possible leaders in the race. The rest of them would have respect and want to sit on the back of RC Phoenix. So I can see him starting shorter on that basis. Revelstoke has got any amount of ability and it's the one out of Egret and Revelstoke, I would think, is more capable of defeating RC Phoenix uh, first up. Just on raw ability, but Egret's the one that is more consistent and more reliable. Uh, and that's the way I've worked them out. I've gone in that order, 7, 10, 9. I'm not ruling out Ebony's Avenger from maybe splitting one of them, um, but I've put her in for fourth. So 7, 10, 9 and 1. I've got 7, 10, 9 and 6. So very, very similar thinking to you here, Dan. Uh, RC Phoenix, I think, you know, there was a study, I was discussing this with the great Adrian Barlow, ace man at, uh, at HRV yesterday, we did a study going back some years ago, and the best barrier was uh, was barrier six. And the reason was because of all the preferential draw races, actually drawing wide on the front line, as you've just outlined, is such an advantage in preferential draw races to drawing off the second row. Because if you're good enough, you can hang there, can't you, and then accelerate and make sure you you create that distance. And that is so critical in harness racing, creating the distance between yourself and your major rivals so RC Phoenix gets an advantage there, gets an advantage in fitness. And also Snooze Fenozio's team could not possibly be going any better. He yeah. also joined us on, on Burning Questions, but it's just phenomenal how well they're going. And um, I've got to say, um, 
we'll, we'll leave this race and go for a break because we've got to get one little segment into 7, 10, 9 and 6. But you could not have broken my heart more last week, Dan, than when yeah. you said when Anywhere Hugo found the front, you were, you were alerting punters very early in the race. He's going to be very hard to beat from here. And I'm just like, I need to get him beaten. I can't but, have this horse winning. But, but there were a couple of times uh, during the course of the night, and that was one where you, uh, it was almost as though you were telling anybody on Anywhere Hugo, I reckon you might be on here. And if you're not on Anywhere Hugo in your early quaddies, it's time to start getting worried because <laughs> he's going to be very hard to beat once he found the front and you knew it. Yeah, maybe identify that, but I can't bet on the run. I'm too busy watching the race. So hopefully um, um, I can alert someone else to doing it. It'd be interesting at times to be able to match up what price it could be in the run yeah. at that time when yeah. it's identified. It just, they, they look like there couldn't be any other possible result, to be quite truthful. And anywhere Hugo's done that a few times, you think of a few times when yeah, he's been in front uh, and uh, he's pretty hard to get past. I know. <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. Uh, <laughs> But I, I just thought it was, it was just beautiful commentary, really. And uh, it happened a little bit later in the night as well. I'm trying to remember that one. Let's go for a break, come back, get through the third event on the program before we finish off. Or do you want to, no break here? You want to keep going? No. Oh, no. Oh, we're going to, we'll carry it through. We'll go through one more race, two and a half minutes. That'll be more than enough time to get through this four-year-old affair because Star Celebrity, I haven't looked at the price yet, but I marked it at $1.20. It can't... Value. It, can, it can't possibly be getting beaten you wouldn't have thought had a little bit of a scare from a good horse last time out in ludicrous who goes around in the final event but i reckon we can make money i actually like this race from an exotic perspective because i reckon now that remove valley's out the magic feeling is going to ping straight across the pole market wait for star celebrity to be behind the leader and i think it finishes second or third at very worst i'm hoping you agree dan yeah i have um i can't tip against star celebrity uh seven on top three magic feeling um Six Alder Rage uh, and four Love Bite. So three, sorry, seven, three, six and four. Look pretty straightforward, mainly because I couldn't find anything that I could even think was an outside chance of beating Star Celebrity here. Um, looks too good, but the price is $1.07 for this four-year-old mare, um, which is a bit of a put-off to have a, a bet in the race unless you take exotics, I would think. Uh, even at $1.07, I'm not sure I'd be wanting to put Star Celebrity in uh, an, an all-up. Uh, but maybe try to identify one of those runners or even back two of them to make a little profit for the place. You might be able to do that. Magic feeling and all the rage. You back them both the place, you can make a tiny profit. Minor suggestion anyway. Star, so this is how I'm going to play the race. Um, yeah, it's always a seven chances, by the way, and the $1.10s and the $1.15s when you do have a multi. They're the ones that will get beat somehow. So mm. Star Celebrity, I'm thinking um, just the way the race is going to be run because, I mean, single file is... Single file's favourite, heavy favourite here, isn't it, Dan? Oh, for sure, yeah. yeah. So you're looking yep. at Magic Feeling gets across Barack and Abrak and then waits for Star Celebrity. I'm thinking first falls here. So seven to beat three to beat Field Field. will only cost you 12. So you can have four. Okay, bet to your budget, but have $48 on that. That's for four times. And then seven to beat Field to beat three to beat Field. $12 for 25%. It's a $60 investment. Bet to your budget if you've got six, whatever. Right, but that's that's how I would uh, that's how I'd be going about it, and I reckon we can make some money out of there, this race. And it looks like a race where you can't bet, but you absolutely can. Particularly the fact that Barack Enabrak is fifty one dollars when it's going to get that perfect run. I think three back the poles and could finish third or fourth for you. And if it does, all of a sudden, the dividend explodes. Right. We're through the first three races and through the first half an hour, but the real stuff kicks in when we return. One more big hour of the Friday form panel to come. Stick with us. Live on SEN Track, welcome to the Friday Form Panel with Jason Bonington and Dan Malecki. Welcome back. Yes, well, he's never growing up. Um, got a fear for Joe Biden uh, hearing that story about him falling, though. Got a fear for him. He, he might have got up unassisted, but I'm quite sure some... No, I haven't seen his YouTube highlights, but I, uh, Ollie, but I, I, I imagine some of those bones are now dust. I'll be honest with you. Um, right. Race, race four, race four at uh, Melton is uh, is the free for all for the trotters, the IRT Australian Letters Trotters free for all. Now, when we had our burning questions, um, there were four combatants there: Chris Fenozio, Andy Gath, Bronte Newenberg, and myself. Now it was a two-all situation here between Queen Elida and Ultimate Stride. 
I'll make the case here, and I'm very much hoping you agree with me. Like, Ultimate Stride and Queen Elida did meet uh, a little while back. Queen Elida absolutely smashed Ultimate Stride. Chris Lang, legend. He learned a little something. He says, well, I'm not going to sit up and let you uh, sit back and just out-sprint me, so I'm going to roll along when I need to. And he was able to get the better of Queen Elida. I'll be honest with you. I don't think... I, I would be staggered personally if lightning strikes twice. I am very, very happy with the dollar sixty about Queen Elida, and I'm I'm absolutely declaring her, and I'm hoping you're on the same page as me. There's something already I'm starting to shiver down the back of my spine because I, I'm, I'm wondering that you're not going to be with me, Dan. Please put me out of my misery. <laughs> no, no shivers are necessary here, Chase. No, look, I I think Queen Elida can. There, there's a couple of reasons why, um, and this is notwithstanding that Ultimate Stride's a very good horse. Mm has barrier draw advantage. And the fact that Ultimate Stride had a month between runs is a positive sign for him too. So I'm gonna draw on positives for Queen Elida, but I'm not saying that there isn't positives for Ultimate Stride. Queen Elida is a big, thick set mare. And I can't help but think after a trip to Menangle, she can very easily get away on you. So I just got the feeling that Chris Alford had that at the back of his mind. Yes. And if you remember it about the 300, he was with a bit of momentum making a move and then there was space and he dropped in behind yeah, ultimate yep. stride yep. instead of going all the way with that momentum. Yep. And then even though she picked up, she still looked like she was going to get there. But in the end, that might have been the difference. So I don't think there's any need... Um, to drive her that way uh, again, and I think she will have benefited from that performance. Um, but there's still been a number of weeks between runs, which is always a concern for a horse like Queen Elida. Small field helps. It's almost a very similar setup to last time, but I think she can she can do it. Um, it, it six from four. I, I, look, I didn't have much hesitation in going that way, but. I don't want to be disrespectful for Ultimate Stride because he's made an art form out of winning two and he was very good. When you've got Queen Elida breathing down your neck halfway up mm. the straight at 100% peak fitness or, or slightly underdone, um, it's no mean performance to stave off her sprint over the last 50 metres. So um, six, maybe not with the, the same enthusiastic confidence, but confident nonetheless. Six to beat four. Uh, three courage stride looks the obvious one. I would have thought to run third, and I'm not. I wouldn't discount nephew of Sonoko from that draw. He hasn't had a good draw like that for a while, and he could easily run third or fourth here. So, six, four, three, and one. It's almost like we should play the music here. Six, four, three, and one. Exactly the same numbers here, and I think nephew of Sonoko is thirteen dollars a place. It can't run second, probably, can it? But I'll tell you what: if you're playing your exotics, it has to go. And I agree for third and fourth because there were signs of life last start. Uh, with nephew of Sunoco, not not the real nephew of Sunoco, but signs of life. So basically, here I, I, I'm with you, and um, the great Andrew Patrick Gath was half giggling, I think, because I've written in the form comment that Queen Elida will be fitter. But I certainly got the indication post race from Christopher Alford, the puppet, that he felt that. And we don't want to fat shame horses, but um, <laughs> Queen Elida puts on weight. I, I think I said puts on weight like uh, most of us put on clothes. She's just, and this is why she's going to have she. She could be anything because um, discussing it with Steve Cleave even on Monday, actually, you know, the far worse sign is when a horse has a hard run and, you know, won't clean out the feed bin. Well, I think Queen Elida um, cleans out hers and then goes to find who else she can clean out. Um, she puts, like, two weeks between runs, I get that, but she had had the road trip. She's going to strip fitter. I also think, basically, uh, I don't, the, the puppet's going to drive her even more aggressively. I think he'll take off earlier. Um, and when you consider there wasn't much between them and Queen Elida was still closing on the line, and yes, definitely that drop-in situation, you just wonder, particularly with a horse like Queen Elida, because she does build up the revs, doesn't she? That, um, you know, I reckon 99% of horses, or at least 95, Dan, that's the perfect thing to do, isn't it? To drop in, and we've seen it. Yeah. We've seen it used so effectively. In fact, the All-Star team, oh, I'm trying to think of the race it was. It was in Oaks once where, uh, where they did it with one of their horses and it was able to get past... Heavens, anyway, it was one of Emma Stewart's, but they made an art form of it, and we've seen it over the years where if you drop in and get that breather psychologically for some horses, they can pick up again. But Queen Elida builds up the revs, and um, she's better with her momentum. So I'm thinking $1.60. I totally get why they're so close in the market, because 
people will have looked at the way Ultimate Stride was able to find a technique to beat Queen Elida last time out. I just don't think it'll work again. So I'm even more confident. Six best of the night. Over number four, three, Courage Stride. It'll be very interesting. So the, the two really interesting runners in the race, Courage Stride, to see what he can do first up from a break. And the draw makes it hard, but it will be interesting to see what your mate Arawa Koei can do stepping up to the big time as well, Dan. Yeah, look, I think it's too big a jump for him, but you'll get a better idea uh, for Arawa Koei against the better grade. I mean, it is a huge jump up in class. It's... Um, I think it's too far beyond him at this stage. Uh, but then again, you know, with anywhere Hugo as well, um, Chris had two horses there. This race doesn't stand up. Uh, so pat on the back for both the Chris Lang. He's put in courage stride. He may well have been ready for this race anyway, but he's first up. And Chris Finocio to put two of his race fit horses in. Now, if they hadn't have done that, we missed the opportunity to see horses like Queen Elida and Ultimate Stride, which is our marquee horses. When we promote this meeting, we talk about come and see Queen Elida and Ultimate <coughs> yeah. Stride. But effectively, Chris Lang, and I'm not saying this happened this way, but if Chris Finocio didn't step Arawakoe up in grade, race doesn't go ahead. If Chris Lang wasn't prepared to run Courage Stride in this first up, race does not go ahead. Yeah, you make an excellent point. Um, and this is where there's some conjecture about whether we we allow these races to go ahead anyway, but it's a difficult time for, uh, for all racing codes at the moment to try and wipe their face with uh, putting product on and actually getting something back out of it. Uh, with the prize money, but that's a, a story for another time. Um, now, Pride's Easy Feed Lazarus Free-for-All. I got to have a bit of fun with the form guide this week because Lazarus, of course, was named after a biblical figure that um, was summoned from the dead by Jesus, apparently. And the mystery surrounds his resurrection, all right. But um, even more mystery... <laughs> even more mystery, No witnesses? No oh, witnesses. Not enough. Not enough, I don't think. But <laughs> even more mystery surrounds this race because Hurricane Harley hasn't trolled. Better Isolate hasn't trolled. Yeah. Torrid Saint hasn't trolled. Makes life very hard, doesn't it? We're doing this on instinct, and we're not going to know. I don't think minimum bet limits will kick in tomorrow morning, and then and then there'll be a flurry of money somewhere in the last sort of few minutes right there, and it might indicate who's who's ready and who's where. I will say this, you know, I just love little Hurricane Harley. He's one of my all-time favourites, and I think he's the horse to beat. And hopefully, this will um, be a win that will set him on a course to the Queensland Carnival. Better isolate. I know Matty Craven's got a very big opinion of this horse, and I know it's got a lot of ability. But personally, from that draw, stepping up to this grade, 360 seems way too short for me. But you are a fan of the Craven stable at times, Dan Malecki. So I'd like to know whether you think he's going to measure up. Uh, well, when you say at times, I think it's pretty full on. No, I, I, gonna, don't, I, I, I don't I, fluctuate. I, I, didn't, I, I didn't want to tell you too tightly there, but <laughs> you've done it to yourself. So, yeah, no... And clearly, I think in a post-race interview we were talking about, after Pardon Me one, um, I said, well, you know, who, yeah. who are you excited about in the stable? And, he, and Matty was pretty clear in saying better isolate. But yeah. uh, even if better isolate is going to measure up down the track, I don't know if it'll be tomorrow night that he, that he breaks through at this level. Well, I think uh, a Queensland campaign is up for grabs here with better isolate. It'll probably go anyway, but it might just uh, the direction of what uh, races he runs in. Um, could be instrumental to the way he performs. This is an intriguing race. You know, the one aspect of it that I'm really looking forward to, and I've enjoyed over the last year and a half or two years, however long it's been, Tango Tara Torrid Saint. Yeah. Now, it's not quite the level of a Fraser Ali. Uh, not quite. <laughs> uh, but, you know, they've had so many tay-to-tays and um, uh, they're still at the top level. They're not horses that win out a turn, but you'd love to have them. And here they are, drawn barriers one and two, and they've both got enough gate speed to have an influence on this race. Torrid Sun being first up, uh, and he probably doesn't win out of turn enough, but uh, I reckon if there was a, uh, a betting option, just a head-to-head, Tango Tara v Torrid Saint. I mean, it, it could be like the Ashes series, you know? Um, best of five. Uh, one-on-ones, I reckon it'd be fantastic. They're two wonderful horses. But Tango Tara could benefit from the draw, but Torrid Saint in particular is the one that could be able to hit him off at the start and make that interesting. Whichever one gets that better run uh, might be the better place chance. I think Hurricane Harley may well have the respect there to get to the front, but, gee, it makes a massive difference if he's not able to lead here first up. Um... I don't know whether he could win first up if he had to sit park, but 
Tango Tara probably enjoy getting the set, uh, if indeed he's the first one there. Torrid Saint being first up may be less likely to be driven out of the gate. Um, so I think more likely 60-40 Hurricane Harley leads or works to the front. Um, I'm not really prepared to, to want to back him, though. Um, I think Tango Tara with the draw is the one most likely to benefit. And I think Better Isolate's just simply a good horse. You know, he's the one that could benefit most of this, depending on how quickly Hurricane Harley gets to the front, or indeed, if he doesn't lead, Better Isolate's chances improve. Probably Tango Tara's do as well. I, I'm, I've put four on top trying to uh, lean on uh, the likely map of this race. Um, four, one, six... And two. I'm going to play a little game here that I like to play. But um, four, three, one, and two for me. I thought that Max Delight is still actually racing well. I know the figure form line still. Is he? Well, well, I reckon he is. Is he? Well, he's not racing like Max Delight. But then I'm looking at this race. I reckon Torrid Saint's got to be soft fresh, right? So I'm, I'm ruling yeah. him out, and I don't reckon he can cross Tango Tara. But he might get pegs. I mean, there's a Saint, There's going to be a Saint horse on the pegs, yeah, reckon, leaders back or three back. I, I, I I actually did map him to be behind the leader, so because um, I think Tango Tara will lead and hold the lead. Now Tango Tara, uh, under those circumstances, you think he's good enough to win, but he just he don't win that often, does he, Tango Tara? So I'm thinking he's a great. If you want to almost anchor one horse to run second, nearly or third, um, and play some really um, creative exotics here, then Tango Tara would be the one, because I think he's going to hold up. Torrid Saint, I think, will benefit from the run. Courageous Saint, I don't think he's caught up to them. Serge Blanco stepping up in grade. Yeah, and Buckian's way too short at 7.50. He's got no hope, in my opinion. So you're sort of left then with Max Delight. Um, at least I think he's, he's still running home quite well, and he's going to settle in, a, I think, a nice spot somewhere from, from gate three. So I've got him... I've got him in for second. And then Tanko Tara and Torrid Saint. But tell me this, because I like playing this little game. What price is uh, Hurricane Harley if he leads? Uh, he's probably just odds on, $1.85, $1.90. Maybe slightly shorter because that, that's, that's probably the difference, isn't it, right now as to will he definitely lead? Big advantage, not trialling, all that sort of stuff. I mean, if you're not going to trial, the right stable to come from is there. So... I'm saying he's odds on, so 225's value right now. Is that the angle you're trying to no, take? The angle I'm trying to take here, because it's, I think it's a great way to work out prices sometimes, that yeah. you, the price if he leads and then the price if he's, if he's not in front, what price is he? Oh, look, if he's sitting without cover, I would genuinely say $2.80. So 2 80 and you've gone 60 40 So I'm looking at this as sort of like 57 uh, 38 42% there just bear with me here listeners i'm, I'm, I'm getting somewhere two dollars fifty there 40 40 percent uh 18 60. i think overall he's still based on that he's still probably a two two ten chance so the 225 isn't it's it's one of those situations where it's not um it's not enticing but it probably is a, Based on based on your assessment just then, it probably is around the right uh, price, isn't it? Could be overs, yeah. He yeah. could end up if, if the word is out there. Max Delight's not usually well. I don't think he's got the speed anyway nowadays. But Torrid Saint not to be used up out of the gate. Ian Bucky and you know up against this level, not trying to cross. Uh, Tango Tara prepared to get a comfortable lead unless pressured. Only horse to hand up to Hurricane Harley. Uh, then he firms up. Um, better isolate. Can I mean Serge Blanco can come out of the gate, but I, I'm not sure that. Well, I'm not sure he'd be able to leave, but I wouldn't necessarily rule it out. Because when he pace, he comes off the gate really well out wide. But if he uses up energy um, unnecessarily in a field like this, it could well go against him. Um, better isolate. What Are we underestimating him? Um, a lot of the draws that I've seen of better isolate, he, he's had a good draw or, or he's had a closer to the peg line draw, if you know what I mean. So it's been that long. A long time ago since I've seen him come out from a wider gate and because he's only so lightly raced, I, I haven't really made my mind up whether he's got gate speed or whether he can come off the gate because he, he, he does have a bit of a residual. He's off a couple of months break, so you're thinking, well, without a doubt, he's going to improve with the run. But are we underestimating anything about better isolate at the start here? Well, I don't. he's definitely got gate speed, right? But I, he, here's the thing. it's it's uh, I hate the, the uh, saying perception is reality because perception isn't reality. Reality is reality. But in this case, 
I think whether – he might be able to cross them, Dano, but I, I think that the fear factor associated with not knowing whether Tango Tara, Torrid Saint, Max Delight and Hurricane Harley are all going to fly out at the start. And I, don't you reckon when you are just coming off just a little bit of a break, I'm thinking even if you thought you could cross them, my instincts would be if I've got a Queensland Carnival and bigger fish to yeah. fry in mind, I'm thinking – well, I'm not going to fly him out because if they all fly out, I'm not getting across them because there's going to be too much interference in my oh, way. Oh, totally. Much white noise. So that, I, I think he, I think he could. And if this was if this was a grand final, I'd give him a great chance of getting across. But for all those aforementioned reasons, I don't think they will. You know, while we've been chatting about this race, yeah. and it's worth chatting about, it's the fast class race, free for all for the night. Hurricane Harley's just trimmed from 225 to 220. And the other horse we gave a good push for likelihood of getting the run of the race, Tango Tara, $6 into 550. Yeah, and I wouldn't be surprised. I, I think you're right. It's going to be really interesting watching this market because by the time we get off air, I wouldn't be shocked if Hurricane Harley's about a dollar ninety. But we'll find out as we go forward. We've still got 40 minutes to find out. We'll go for a break, come back. We've got four races to go. Friday form panel is always enjoyable, but I'll tell you what, just the discussion on that race was worth its weight in gold. When it come back with the second leg of the quarter, and now we're getting to the bigger fields. The Opus Group pace and Andy Gas best and one of mine as well, Magnetic Terror coming up in just a moment. Welcome back to the Friday Form Panel with Jason Bonington and Dan Malecki. I'm trucking right. I heard a dark voice beside of me. 10cc. And I look round in a state of fright. I don't like cricket. I know. I, I saw love four faces. How we feel about Anna raising Dan Malecki. Brother from the girl. The Opus Group base. Um, good band. Good band, 10 Maybe underrated. Um, this is a full field for a change, and it's an interesting one because if you go through Bollinger's Kiwi form, it's absolutely outstanding. He draws awkwardly here. He did trial recently at Melton with Magnetic Terror, and Magnetic Terror was cruising. Bollinger was asked. Bollinger's trialled about four times um, for the uh, for the great trainer, Dean Braun. Uh, but Magnetic Terror looked much better, even though there was a small margin between them. I don't know whether he necessarily finds the front, but... Andy Gath has got a very, very big opinion of this horse, Magnetic Terror, and I think he's $1.95 now. I marked him $2. I might have been generous. I think he's another one of the best of the night. What are we thinking, Dan? Yeah, I don't know. I, look, the, I'm, I'm struggling to find anything to beat him. Beat him I want to because anything that comes off a bit of a break at metropolitan level, I look for something else. Um, and, and it's good that he's trialled and all that sort of stuff, but with a horse with a bit of ability like that, off not a long break, they're always going to trial, trial okay. What you're looking to do is to see if they trial poorly and then put a line through them, and that's not going to happen or certainly didn't happen here. But um, he looks the logical one, but I'm still searching. I'm trying to find something that is um, perhaps not as obvious. Uh, you mentioned Bollinger, possibly three back the inside, possibly improve with the run. Uh, if that's the case, relentless me, I mean... Better gait might improve, but I haven't seen enough to 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 want to hang my hat on her improving significantly. Um, it's sort of a race where I give a set of tips and and I'm open um, to another suggestion, like a horse like Crime Rider. Now he's another that hasn't necessarily been going that well. Even last week's run, I looked at again and again, and mm. I, I wasn't sure he was finding the line strongly enough. But he does drop in grade. That's got to be important for him if he could turn it around. Um, $13 looks really good value. If this race was run, you know, nine months ago or something like that, he'd be a $3.50 shot, wouldn't he? Um, Finn Frost is another one. Needs the, the tempo one. Good sit sprinter. Knights Templar, not dissimilar. Chilliby Nitro's going well enough. Arg even from outside the back line, although might need some luck. And even Ultimate Vinny, who's a recent winner in town. LB2 chains might be going as well, but a better gate. Are we underestimating him? Was he slightly better last week? And even Mighty Flying Art, he's run three and four starts ago was quite good and then he might have dropped off a bit. Um, I can make half cases for everything else and um, I don't mean to sound negative, but it was through a process of elimination that I've ended up with Magnetic Terror, whereas I think you found Magnetic Terror on the basis of positivity. So I've tipped two, eight, one and six, but uh, it's one of those races that I've just got a little question mark about. There's not really anything there that... 
you know, a crime writer gets out to 20 to 1, you might have $5 each one simply because you don't want it winning at that price. Finn Frost gets out the 30 to 1, similar scenario. And you have your saving bets and you throw them in your B quaddy, but maybe we're, I'm overlooking the obvious, but my tips are 2, 8, 1 and 6 without the same confidence that you've got. Yeah, I, it's, hmm. I have got confidence, I've got to say, but... but I still want to like. I still want to see it. I don't want to take much shorter than a dollar ninety-five. Probably, in fact, I probably would. You know, I'll take a dollar eighty because I purely again just because of what I've heard from Andy. It does sway you when great trainers and great conditioners, and particularly um, conditioners that are great judges, um, like Andy, really likes one. He says it's going to be a free for all. Well, this is a seventy-eight to eighty-nine. It's not that far away, but it's far enough away that if he's going to get there, he should be winning this, even though he's coming off a break. Um, so I've got him clearly on top. The key here is whether he, he does find the front. Relentless Me has won eight races in her career. All eight times she's been in front. All eight times. So I can't see her winning the race, but it certainly wouldn't shock me if they adopted tactics to want to hold the front based on that. Although I did uh, have a post-race interview some time ago with Jack Law where he said, no, actually, we don't need to lead with her. But, I mean, the, the evidence says something different. I'll tell you what really swayed me here almost the most, Dan, is the fact that I gave slight... We've both got slight terror in our top four, right? And it's and it's more that Andy... I think on burning questions, I said, you know, how much is there between them? About 18 metres. And he said, yeah, that's about right. So if we're thinking that slight terror is $11 and on the fourth line of betting and one of the, one of the winning chances and magnetic terror is that much better than slight terror, well, that tells a story... The, the other one that I've thrown in is Knights Templar. Now, I've, I've been sucked into this horse a fair few times. It has tried well in preparation. Sulkia um, has it very highly rated. It's got a gear change. I, think it's gonna, I still think it's going to have a good career, Knights Templar. And the draw here, trailing draw behind Magnetic Terror, is not too bad. Be very interesting to see what Bollinger does. I can't have any faith in LB2 chains. Arg is a big price. Um, probably not that... It's really not overs, I don't suppose, much at eighteen dollars. But I tell you what, it's a pretty nice horse. I know it's much better at the head of affairs. And Jellybee Nitro, even at twenty six dollars. So look, if you wanted to have a little nibble at a couple, uh, rather than take Magnetic Terror, then uh, by all means, punters, do your thing. But I reckon Magnetic Terror again. I think this will continue to firm up. But I think there's going to be money for Bollinger as well because. Six fifty for a horse who's been second to a cooter on a couple of occasions, including the Great Northern Derby. And I know we're going to see better of Bollinger, but just say Relentless Me did decide to hold up and Bollinger was behind the leader. I can't see it going around at six fifty, Dan. Uh, well, that's a good point. If Relentless Me does lead, um, but the other... Th- yeah, yeah. But look, you might be right. If the money comes for Bollinger, it might be for that reason, but... Um, be an interesting to see what Jack Law might do because he, he'll know Relentless Me better than anyone and whether he's comfortable enough that he could thwart uh, Magnetic Terror perhaps sitting outside of him for the entirety of that trip. But maybe you're right, maybe she's just simply a leader and maybe she's fit enough to be able to make use of, of that good gate. Oh, the only thing is if Relentless Me does um, uh, take a trail, uh, at least uh, behind Magnetic Terror, it's going to get the right run, isn't it, there? Yeah, no doubt about it. No, it just that quality of form, I... I know four trials and the last trial was good without being great, but we'll take the news in right now. When we come back, I don't think either of us are overly confident about that race. I will be having a bet on Magnetic Terror. It'll be nice for the second leg of the quarter. I think I'll play one out, but this will be interesting to see what Dan thinks about Danamora versus Lip Reader. He's got an opinion of Springfield Affair was good winning a better race than this potentially. No, not a better race, but won the uh, won the Vic Metro Pace final last time out. Now that was off a front line draw. Major Collect might be the leader. Denimora is very short, but I've got a funny feeling the team behind Denimora, not Emma Stewart, but Summit Bloodstock, who have been involved in recruiting Charles Oliveira, the former UFC champion, to come to Sydney uh, for the Eureka. They're very keen on Denimora as well. So I'll be interested in Dan's thoughts, but for now, let's find out what's happening in the world. And apparently they're going to tell me, should I have paid back my hex debt? Damn, I forgot. No, lie. I've paid it back. Here's the news. You win some, you lose more. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Uh, welcome back to the Friday Form Panel. 
Uh, we're through race six. That means we're up to race seven, the anti-penultimate. Three races to go, and this is the third leg of the quaddie. Danamore is into $1.55. I might have been generous at $2. We've only seen three runs, of course, with the behemoth, the Leviathan stable of Emma Stewart and Clayton Tonkin and has been dominant in all three wins but steps up in grade. Now, you spoke about trying to find one to beat Magnetic Terror. Did you do the same with Danamora? And if so, were you successful then? Yes and yes. Um, well, I think so. I think Lick Breed is going really well as well placed. Um, you know, I'm not a great believer in those ratings, but if you look at that, there's they look pretty lopsided and, and a good um, uh, reason to want to support Lip Reader seemingly down and great. He gets a really good opportunity. He hasn't had a lot of luck. He's probably been obliged to run, to run in races that didn't really suit him and get bad barrier draws. So... This is a really good chance for him each way. I actually thought he might open up silly odds. I thought he might open up even much bigger odds. And, and very quickly, um, he, uh, he he was snapped up from $8. So I, I was on another radio station yesterday alerting people to have a crack early. Uh, whatever a price he is, I think you'll firm up. Well, maybe if you took notice, because he was 8 into 550 really quickly. Um, but maybe that's his right price, because we know the horse. Danamora, clearly the horse to beat, no doubt about that, but um, I'm not that keen at the $1.55. Oh, well, I shouldn't say I'm not that keen, but you can get better a place for Lip Reader, which I am keen on. So 10 on top, three Danamora um, on the upward uh, spiral. Nine Springfield Affair was terrific last week. He seemed to find gate speed I didn't realise that he, he had, or at least at that level, and he, and he won with a bit of authority. So... Uh, it's a bit of a, a step up uh, in grade to a degree, but I think he can acquit himself well. And, and Sheffield Sparky got a bit of his old mojo back, and he's another one that can run into the top four. But 10 each way, um, and particularly at that price, and particularly if you've got the $8, but um, 10, 3, 9, and 11. Yeah, um, 3, 4, 9, and 10. Um, Lip Reader being the emergency, he had a. I think I ended up marking it around this price, five dollars or uh, or something similar. Maybe a dollar ninety. I, I go for Danamora. I don't, I'm sort of frightened of this race now because I don't. I don't know how. Well, with a lot of these horses, um, particularly the ones at Summit Bloodstock, are getting for for Emma Stewart. You kind of don't know how good they are until they lose. Yeah, you know, Dan. Do you? I mean, they win like and win and win. Yeah, like Von Art. You sort of you need to find or Cloud or whoever it might be. You need to find the limit, and then you get an idea because. When they when they're sort of coming here and um, and going through the grades on on low ratings, um, the dominance uh, can either be reflective of an ability that's going to get them to the top level, like a Soho Historia, or the dominance can you know it can all fall in a hole at some point. The, the thing about Denimora that I wouldn't take the dollar fifty five. I've got Denimora on top, but the reason I wouldn't take the dollar fifty five is there's not a lot of gate speed there. So and I, I don't know that the lead's necessarily there. I think Major Collective, for table to begin quickly, might be able to cross everything. I'm not sure they'd be handing up. Um, it could be interesting. It could be interesting. If Denimore is forced to park, it brings a, a couple of second row. I think Sheffield's Park is going okay. Uh, he's not really one of mine, but $15 and $3. Millennium is a is a total mystery to her for Andy Gath because it trolled like a demon. But but th- this is kind of what you were talking about earlier, I reckon, with Millennium, um, where they sort of... It was able to troll really well coming from New Zealand. And sometimes those trolls, particularly when they're just walking and probably running slick last halves, they can be a little bit deceptive, can't they, Dan? Because the three runs we've seen from Melanian have have not set the world on fire. No, and maybe not from this draw as well. I mean, it hasn't been totally bad, no. but not enough for you to want to, uh, to back it or even suggest to someone close to you to have something <laughs> on it. You know what I mean? Uh, that's probably the most trusting advice you can give when someone real close to you, you want to try to impress, don't you? So the, the, I look at it that way. It's something you think is worth having something on and something that's not, and it doesn't fit that category at the moment. But, um, you know, it's a race something's got to run third or fourth, and they, that was the area that I was struggling to find uh, horses. Down more, you, you can easily get sucked into a horse with uh, winning form, trained by Emma Stewart, and that's drawn well, but um, uh, look, and it might work out. Danamora might be t- too good anyway. Like, it might well be too good. I just thought it was Lip Reader's race to show what he's got. Is this, um, I think in this sort of level here, is this sort of, is this D-Day for you and Lip Reader? Because you've been, you've been a big fan. Just, you would want to see it, if De- even if Danamora comes out and is outstanding, I, I think you'd, Libretter is racing well, but you'd want to see it run a clear second based on your opinion of yep. where he's at, wouldn't you? I tell you what, if he doesn't go any good here, you want to be a lip reader to be uh, <laughs> thinking what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's, um... uh, no, it's his opportunity. And, and look, I can generally make excuses. It's not just based on rating or dropping in class or whatever. He's genuinely, you can pull it apart. You go back through his last six or seven runs and I reckon you can make a reason why he didn't figure more prominently in almost every one of those runs. Barry Draw's got a lot to do with it. Some of them are the 1,200 metre races. Um, this is the probably the, the best race he's had uh, to be able to show his wares. Yeah, I, look, yeah, you're dead right. And if you're looking for those to play exotics here, I'm thinking... Major Collect's got to go in on the... Provo- in fact, I, if you're playing first fours here, there's not many I'd rule out. I'd, I'd nearly, I, you'd nearly have the lot because Let's Make Tracks was back like it um, couldn't get beaten last uh, last week and then they couldn't get in, stuck three wide. Now, what that's what, what effect that's had on him, I don't know. Jeremy Wells is racing as well as he can, I think. Uh, Major Mel might be the one that you'd leave out, but it's got a soft draw. Sheffield Spark is going okay. The other, the other little thing with Melania, and we know that... Uh, Matty Craven and Andy Gath have been great, um, great artists, um, great purveyors of the 24-hour backup. Well, this is a 72-hour backup now. I don't know whether that's Andy saying to the horse. I'll tell you what: if you're not going to if you're not going to drive for me, we're going to we're going to race you twice in four days and see if we can't get you to switch on, or whether um, whether he really thinks this is going to work for him because it's not quite the 24-hour backup, but. And he's been very, very good. So is Matty Craven. Probably a couple of others that I'm leaving out as well. That when they back them up quickly, yeah, uh, can work. Yeah, the Douglases. When they back them up quickly, it, it can work. In fact, I'm I, particularly on a very, very short backup, and I'm even the same with the thoroughbreds. That you, you sort of do get sucked in because you think to yourself, "Well, why are they doing this?" Um, so maybe Millennium might improve. Foolish pleasure could even improve. So I think it's going to be um, another tough race to bet into. I'm sticking with Dan Amora. Don't love the price, but totally hear the words that we are hearing uttered from the uh, mouth of Dan Malecki. Now, we've got three <laughs> races to go. Oh, we're not going to get stuck into it yet. We'll wait until uh, we come back from a break. But uh, this Melton Mares Championship is another most intriguing race. Do you want to give us a little spoiler alert as to... well? What's your opinion of Major Grace? Because we're looking at a very similar situation with Major Grace. Yeah, look, you probably, and I might be grossly underestimating Major Grace, but I've got one I'm really confident on. I wish Von Art was in the race. But um, there's one that I can't see missing first or second. I reckon it's the same it's one. It's not the favourite. I don't reckon. Hopefully it's the same one that I've tipped on top. I don't reckon it is. Uh, interesting. That's not so what. Mm. This is oh, not. no, no, sorry. Maybe it is. Yeah, I've tipped so what on top yeah. of it. And yeah. Brondon Ewenberg from uh, Solkiab in her first crack at burning questions was basically shaking her head and going, well, I just don't understand how it can possibly get beat. So yeah. uh, the rain oh, is... I thought you were angling heavenly charm because of the draw and the penchant for getting on the pegs because like, we've both gone down that path before with success. Yeah. Uh, but no, absolutely. So what for mine stood out. Should be favourite. All right, we'll be talking about that in just a moment. Back with more Friday form panel and there's going to be a party horse coming up and its name is So What. If you want to have a bet now, do so. $3.30, but gamble responsibly. Back in a minute. I'm going to be on the next lap. I'm going to be rocking over that bass track. I'm going to be chilling with my gifted and black going to leave. I'm going to be making all the shows you want to do. I'm going to be up in that mailless flick. Welcome back to Friday Form Panel. Thanks for my uh Aussie hip hop days, but with an American accent. Young Gifted and Black, this is this is going to help us even more, I think, hopefully. Dan, because Young Gifted and Black um, was in a good race a couple of starts back and was more than a, In fact, whenever it's led, it's never handed up the lead. Anthony Butt drives. And wouldn't end up to Beach Life on that occasion. I don't know whether Major Grace deserves more respect than Beach Life. So um, this would be perfect for So What. But I don't think either of us are that... I don't think we'll be sweating, will we, if So What isn't behind the leader. Because the way she's racing at the moment, I think she can win regardless. Yeah. Oh, look, I wasn't anticipating she'd be on the peg. She doesn't have to be. Um, She's got a really good sprint and... You know, it's just a matter of, uh, well, it's not just a matter, but I would have thought Jackie Barker just hangs on, hangs on until she wants to press the button and she can make up ground really quickly. It's clear the form line's through Tango Tara and he's a son of a gun. It stands out. That really doesn't need any explanation. But she's a good quality mare. One thing sometimes she does lack is that will to just find the line slightly better than something else. Yeah. Um, but Radiant. she's so consistent. And I think that just comes down to the timing of her sprints. Um, I... I think she's the horse to beat. I'm surprised she's not favourite, but I understand why she's not. I kind of, I went both ways, you know. I marked a three dollars twenty and tipped her clearly on top. She's three thirty. I thought it could go either way, Dan, because the, I mean, the formal ones are so outstanding. But 
Um, so what feels so what's a six year old mare, but feels like she's about thirteen, and <laughs> it feels like she's been around forever. By the way, Baccarat winning again last night as a fourteen year old, which is incredible, um, two in a row. But uh, in career best form, and I think we've I think you pigeonhole horses, don't you? And I reckon yeah. people would have pigeonholed so what. And I, I was dreaming we might get even four fifty or five dollars, but and we yeah. you know what if Von Art was in the race, we would have. We we would have for sure. Although I must admit, Von Art would have been. Her major threat, it, it would, in my eyes, been the hardest to beat. But um, I think you're right. I mean, often, so what's been one of my horses over time? You know, you have your yeah. own little stable yeah, uh, that you're compelled, you're obliged to, to follow, often tip, but you'll also find them on the right days when they win, often at a bit of value, where you, you know, welcome them in uh, to your B&B and, and have them lodged there for quite some period of time. Um, so what's always been good to me, I've found her often enough um, and uh, usually it's at good odds and then she'll trim up. So many times she's been $26 and ends up starting $6 yeah. and 5 Doesn't win every time at that price but generally runs really well. Um, so she's been a good putting horse over time, uh, but she's just a good horse. She's got better as she's got older. She's mixed it with the better mares, and I think this is the second level mares, and I think it suits her. She comes out of the, you know, the highest grade of race possible at her last couple of starts, and even though it's a second row draw, it's not a gimme per se, but she's beautifully placed. Eight, four, three, and six for me. Um, yeah, Major Grace would be interesting to see what she can do. Your Heavenly Charm with the right run is always dangerous in these races. With your very best form as well. And uh, I'm Prezi Bell. Last race will zip through so we can come back with the best bets in the multiculture. Tempted Tigress is $1.40. That seems about right. Ludicrous is a clear second favourite. I've got to say, I really like Aureus as a horse, and I reckon VMG McRae is getting better all the time as well. 15 and $19 seems overs for them. Tempting Tigress should be winning, but it will be a great indication to see whether she is continuing to hold that advantage over these sort of horses that she did last season, Dan. I'll just give my top four, eight, four, three, six from the previous, but Same look, Tempting Tigress is a really good horse, but still does things wrong, wants to roll about a bit, hang in, not a fantastic pacer. Um, not even sure, looking at her, she's the sort of horse that will ever iron that out, uh, Jace. Yeah. So I just wonder here if Ludacris... Uh, was able to lead and take a sit behind Tempting Tigress, if indeed Tempting Tigress was able to advance herself forward enough to lead, it might be a really good place for Ludacris um, to uh, get an advantage on Tempting Tigress. Um, I just always feel there's just a little element to Tempting Tigress, which is, which is just not the complete racehorse. You mentioned Aureus, and you said you liked Aureus as a horse. Um, if it wasn't a horse, would you still like Aureus? Oh, I think if it was a monkey, I'd, 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 you know what? I'd never even know about it because I'd, I don't hang out with monkeys. So <laughs> it is one of those. Hey, uh, it is one but of you're right. Say, she is a good filly. She sort of lost her way a little bit there, didn't she, last preparation? But... Her form against some of the really good quality horses was excellent. You know, you major delights and the like. So, look, I'm going to tip Ludacris to beat Tempting Tigress only because I just don't think I could take a dollar forty Tempting Tigress. Um, she's one that you could contemplate taking in one of those all-ups with a few of the shorties for the night. But, um, look, Ludacris, I really like the way Ludacris knuckled down and chased hard to the wire behind Star Celebrity last start. Um and Ludacris has been running against older horses this campaign as well. Uh, and the possibility that she might get to the pegs first, she can lead, but she might also be better coming off that sit as well if indeed it was tempting Tigress. Aureus gets out pretty good as well, but three, six, five and one. Six, three, five and four. I'm sticking with tempting Tigress, but I, w- I really want to see her win and win impressively here. Um, Ludacris, major danger, but Aureus... I like her in any of her forms. Uh, I, I think, and I think she'll only get better. I think she'll be. I think she'll be actually a really good, a really good filly towards the end of the season. And VMG McRae, the stable mate, beautifully bred out of Wyoming. McRae in for four, six, three, five, and four. We'll be back in just a moment. We'll have a minute to go through multicultural best bets. Here are the panel's best. I'm only going to give two best bets. And I'll add one more in for the multiculture. But uh, the two best bets of the night are Queen Elida and Magnetic Terror for me. I reckon so. What might be in there somewhere for you, Dan? What yep. You got? Uh, it is. Yes. Do you want me to go? Yes, please. Yeah, okay. My best is race eight, number eight, so what? And my each way is race seven, number 10, lip reader. Um, and for the multiculture, you want to play that? We're gonna, this is a brand new segment uh, that we've just. <laughs> 
My multi it's is time a, for multiculture. Um, my multi is the same two horses, but I'm throwing in RC Phoenix. The more and more I look at that race, I just think that draw and the ability to balance up, burn and create separation between itself and Revelstoke, plus the fitness, it should be winning as well. You've half took me out of Tempting Tigers. I'm leaving it out now of my multi. What about you, Daniel Malecki? You weigh too much faith on me um, no. sometimes, Jace. Um, I, I think we're on the same tram. Uh, one of us might get off at the stop prior or, or after, but my all-up is race two, number seven, RC Phoenix, and the race four, number six, which is Queen Elida, $2.64, that all-up. I reckon that's enticing, so I'll keep it simple. Beautiful. Great. This has been, they're always enjoyable, but this has been even more enjoyable than normal, particularly going through that Lazarus free-for-all and getting a laugh out of you for the... Um, the resurrection mystery surrounding. Um, not, not, enough, uh, not enough witnesses. Uh, good on you, Dan. Fun as always, mate. Looking forward to hopefully winning tomorrow night. Wasn't much resurrection for the name of the Trotters free-for-all, though, was there? It certainly wasn't. Um, <laughs> At 1,720 metres. Um, anyway, well, uh, Dan, uh, we've had fun Friday form panel done and dusted for another week. Hopefully you enjoy the remainder of the programming on SEN Track and make sure to tune in to Trot's Vision tomorrow night for a big nine race card at a place we now call Melton Park. Au revoir. Bye-bye. Love yous.